Welcome to Let God Die, the weekly podcast sharing stories of God transforming lives through changing perceptions of who He is and what it means to follow Him. We believe that commonly those who reject God haven't experienced the truth of who He is, and that those who follow God often have false expectations or understandings. Together, we can take those perceptions of God and let them die, so God can live. All right, this is a Let God Die podcast. This is Josh, and our guest today is Christian Holiday. He is the drummer of The Gaffer Project. Uh, Christian, can you tell us a little bit about where you're, where you're from, what your involvement is with music? Um, just kind of give us a, a, an overview of you as a person. Sure. Um, I'm from Virginia, uh, originally Northern Virginia, Leesburg, the town to be specific. Um, and yeah, I'm currently, you know, drumming Gaffer Project that's out of Roanoke, Virginia. Um, we're a duo. Uh, my counterpart is Jordan Doyle, who started Gaffer in 2011, I believe, as a solo spoken word. And then now we're kind of like a, a much louder version of that. Um, but I'm um, 31 and I've been playing drums since I was nine years old. Um, probably realistically since I was 12, um, early years of, uh, not knowing what I was doing. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but I'm a believer, you know, music is a, is a tool and a vehicle in a respectful sense, um, to connect with people. And I want to connect with people, um, and, uh, show them the Lord through creative artistic ways. Uh, I think that's the way I've been made. That's the way I'm wired. Um, but service and serving others, um, sometimes to the point of disregard for my own safety, um, is my MO. So uh, that's, that's me in a nutshell. It's kind of funny because like you and Jordan both, I feel like we've hung out far more than we have uh, just because yeah. I, I, I just think that it was, you know, it's just been like really natural and easy to talk to you guys. And um, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, I guess we haven't known each other as long as it is in my head that we have, but yeah, I just want to have you on cause, um, I, don't know, sure. I feel like every time that we've talked, it's been really solid and if, you know, that you have a lot on your heart and a lot to say. And can you share a little bit about the origins of your walk with God? Yeah. So basically, um, I became a Christian at an early age, um, 12 in 1999 and it was through, music but in the sense that my brother i have an older brother he's two and a half years older than me um that pretty much all my life i played bands with because he plays guitar and i'm drums i mean you know that's the perfect chemistry to start a band and anyhow we uh played together up until a couple of years ago where he has his own family and um is actually very involved with the church um and should, should be hopefully becoming a deacon soon and but living that life, but um, still plays. We still jam together when I visit and stuff. Um, he just had a separate calling to, you know, do different things rather than travel and play. So, but he sat me down in his room um, a couple of evenings and was showing me a lot of um, black metal, you know, Christian black metal bands and <clears throat> Horde, Crimson Moonlight, um, bands like that, Bucky Wandering and uh, Living Sacrifice Later and Zayo and stuff, and were showing me and using that while having the Bible and the book of Revelation open, <laughs> um, very metal, and was telling <laughs> me, uh, you know, God that we grew up uh, understanding existed um, is real, but there's more to it. And then he started talking about Jesus. And that was the first time I actually had anyone talk to me about Jesus as like he was in the room, like not a historical figure or, you know, something in the past tense that like, you know, Jesus is real. And I remember I felt very uncomfortable. Um, you know, we grew up, uh, not, you know, in a stable home for the most part, you know, mom, dad, and, um, you know, went to Catholic church. My mom was Catholic. I went to Catholic preschool and then public school from kindergarten on. And <clears throat> so it was kind of like, you know, we're aware of, you know, God and stuff, but not really Christianity. And then as we grew older, it kind of became a choose your own adventure scenario. And we kind of just did our thing. And my parents split. And there's a lot of other stuff, which I'm sure we'll eventually get into that affected my life from that. Um, but anyhow, from that moment, I knew Jesus was real, but I just, I don't know if I had issues accepting it or I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. And through several moments of, uh, 
my brother dedicating time, you know, I eventually accepted Jesus. And uh, when it happened, it was a very, very uh, strong, you know, uh, conversion, so to speak. Uh, some people it's slow. Mine was very immediate, um, very passionate. And we, I had stove into the music that my brother was playing at the time. And we knew then and there we were going to create music like that. And that moment that I had in the room, I wanted to recreate uh, for the rest of my life for other people. Um, so I've failed a lot um, and went through several uh, challenges and different, many, many different lifestyles. Um, but through that, I was always battling with God, like, why are you allowing me to do this? Why am I failing? Why am I sinning? Why am I hurting others? Um, but at night alone, I would still pray and I knew, you know, Jesus was real. Um, so that I guess experiences what I see in others. Um, and I want to, uh, be there for as many people as I can while I'm on this earth, um, that are having, you know, challenges, you know, whether it's broken homes, addictions, I've, I've dealt with all of that, um, failed you know potential marriages or relationships uh, which I come from and just a lot of abuse physical um, and sexual as well and stuff like that so I don't I'm no expert I don't have a PhD but you know I know you know the spirit is real and it does things <laughs> um, and I've experienced that and I want to recreate the moments I feel from the Lord and and hopefully generator or whatever the proper term is for others. And, um, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, as I've gotten older and as of, as of late, I've been actually struggling with understanding. Um, I'm not very good at reading the Bible. So that's a confession. And just to be honest, um, and I'm not very good at reading. Um, I'm very distracted or ADD or whatever, but you know, I'm very good at, uh, I guess prayer. Um, <laughs> I've become less interested in the, the normal functions of life where I don't want to really be involved with anything that doesn't, you know, affect others, you know, for the sake of the Lord. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to balance that. Um, and it's led me to live very differently. Um, maybe different as in like to most, I guess in society, but I mean, you know, I'm a musician, so I'm automatically different. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of us are into this, but I think there is a very similarity to a touring musician, to someone who is involved with ministry, no matter what, um, level of church or whatever it is, because you disconnect from your nine to five to do something spiritual. And I think, you know, as I meaning like, it's the same concept as you leave home or whatever to go play a show. Um, travel to a different city you've never been to <clears throat> to meet with strangers that hopefully don't remain strangers um, when you're at church or as a pastor or something you know I kind of I don't know I, I see see connections there um, that are the same so I think that's I think that's good um, but yeah I mean I think that's kind of where I'm at um, is how can I I always have this anxiety of like am I actually living the way I should and I think we all have that um, I don't have an answer for that. Faith and surrender to God, that in mind and, and that on your heart, you know, is good. Um, sometimes it's all we can do. Um, but we need others. We need community to, you know, talk as me and you are right now. <laughs> and uh, whoever is listening to understand that, like, there is a struggle with that. We're in this together. But, yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, service and somehow uh, going beyond, um being stagnant, you know, or lukewarm. And that's like my, my fear, you know, um, is, is being lukewarm and settling for less because it's comfortable. Um, and you know, although certain things in my life, people will say, well, you've never settled for comfortable. I think I have. Um, I think we always will think that, you know, and I get frustrated when I don't think God is present, you know, in every moment, I'm, I'm just a little, speck of dust in the universe you know mm -hmm. and i've actually been reading crazy love from francis chan and that's where i get that reference from um and it's been helping me understand i guess god more in creation but about glorifying him um and not that I ever acts of service wanted to glorify myself it was just that's the only thing i know in my heart that feels very real that i can't put beyond words is you know when i help somebody and uh, you know, if it's just, you know, a homeless person on the street, just acknowledging them, 
and, and hear, having them hear their name. A lot haven't heard their name spoken in years. Um, and I have several testimonies of that exact example. Um, where actually yesterday a guy named Lester was outside of a uh, Whataburger um, and sleeping on this on the on the curb, and uh, I was getting gas. And Jordan, uh, the other guy in Gaffer, was uh, um, going in to get food. And I was going to meet him there after I got gas because it was in the same like kind of parking lot. And I walked up and immediately saw this man, and I had a bottle of water, you know, spare in the vehicle and a Cliff Bar, and I went up and gave him that and some money, but. You know, ask him his name, and it, it, so you know, I could say his name to him, um, and you know, give him a chance to smile, and we laughed and stuff. And it was a short moment, but I feel you know Jesus is very present in those moments, and I don't want those moments to ever end, but they have to, you know. And mm-hmm. it's kind of emotional for me because like that's something very real, and it's like all day before that I didn't feel that, but that moment with Lester, I did. And I just feel guilty about all those other hours of not having that moment. And then guilty about after meeting, you know, Lester and getting in the car and driving to get to the show. But anyway, so that is my walk is that moment with, with Lester, if that makes any sense, yeah. you know, I'm chasing that every day. Yeah. I mean, I think what, what you said was something like being frustrated when not feeling like God is present. I think that's how you worded it. I think that God's always present, but it's just a matter of, are we aware of it? You know, uh, do we have yeah. open eyes to it? You know, with those interactions, like with that guy, you know, I think, yeah, your, your eyes were open to that. You know, I mean, I, I noticed that with myself a lot of the time I'll go like full days and I'm just like, man, I, I just like, wasn't available, you know, to see sure. where, where he was maybe at work and maybe it doesn't happen the same way every day. You know, maybe there isn't some significant moment but just having like an open heart and open eyes and just, you know, an available attitude where it's just like, all right, God, if, if there is opportunity, I want to be there, you know, I want to be present instead of just going about my business, you know, and completely missing it. I would, I wouldn't like from the outside looking in, say that gaffer is like a Christian band in the sense that, uh, you know, you guys preach from the stage or that you guys are like, forcing opportunities to happen but at the same time like uh, uh, it is clear to me that there is a lot of intentionality there and it's like and it's purposeful how would you guys define what the band is um and where it fits in with ministry and calling well i guess for for you personally sure yeah and i can speak a little bit about gaffer in general um because it does tie so but yeah so it's um like you're saying about a Christian band and preaching from the stage and stuff. And, um, I've gone through several, um, feelings about that. Um, and in the end of the day, it's not up to me of what's correct. Um, and I feel if, you know, uh, spirit is, is doing something with your heart, you know, respond, uh, immediately. And it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I've had opinions of even using the name Christian to music, I've, you know, sometimes I've gone through like, does it even belong? It's just music, you know. Um, who we are as people is what matters. But then, like, you know, I've other times I've been convicted where it's like, no, like I want to be a Christian band because I'm a Christian. If I've been given the opportunity to play music and uh, and it's working, then it's like, you know, I feel like it's it's you know appropriate to give it a title that what it is. I am. There are times I go back where I'm like, no, I want nothing to do with that. So it's tough. And I think several <clears throat> periods of time and bands have uh, changed that over the years. And I think they, people say they have failed or they've messed it up, but no, they were just being a center like we all are. Um, and it's just when all eyes are on you and in your profession, you know, it's going to look as if like you're responsible for the downfall of that or whatever it is. And it's like, that's not true. Um, but you know, I've, I've seen people preach well, uh, from the stage as a band. I've seen people not preach well from the, from the stage as a band. And I don't think I would even know what to do in that moment either. So, um, I think, you know, a blanket, you know, title, you know, over something, you know, it, it's tricky. I don't want to play music for any other reason. And, uh, to be, be completely honest, like if right now, um, I felt, you know, the spirit wasn't alive and things weren't happening when I played, 
that light switch is going off and I'm going home. I'm done. Um, I don't think I should do it for any other reason. That's where I'm at, uh, to be completely honest. And maybe I'm just getting a little bit older and I'm just like, I mean, I'm tired of living life any other way, which I don't think, you know, I ever should have wanted to live life any other way. But I'm at a point where it's like, you know what, God, like I'm here, you know, use me um, and, and, until I die. You know, and if I die in that process, then so be it. And I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> so for like for you personally, playing playing drums in this band is very much like uh, out of response, like to God. Is, is that yeah. essentially what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And I know, you know, Jordan has his own convictions and reasons that's very similar, which, you know, he would have to explain. But I know, you know, him as a believer and, and what he writes and why he's doing you got a project is the reason why I accepted, you know, when he asked me to come and play with him, like I was like, yeah, you know, because I knew <clears throat> we were like minded and I gave it a chance, meaning like you never know what's going to happen, you know, and he yes. took a chance with me. So, but that is why Gaffer Project exists um, in our, you know, creative of way, of course, as if you see in the show. But, you know, when I play drums uh, right now in my life, it is a very strong connection that occurs. Um, you're not the same every night or at any moment. Obviously, it's about the show. I mean, if I sit down behind a drum kit right now, like nothing's probably going to happen. But what I mean is like, playing for people and then there's a moment as if like a plane's on a runway and then it eventually takes off and then how long that long runway is just depends on the night and what the spirit's doing but eventually it will take off and once it takes off and it it, it, it goes and what i mean by that is you know metaphorically like you know the spirit filling the room hopefully and people feeling something that they wouldn't have felt um if they weren't there and if i wasn't there and not to give me the credit what i mean is like just how we're all there at that moment together um and that 20 or 30 minutes however long the set is it's time to disconnect from the world and, and then come back to it you know i believe it hopefully in that moment they can just walk away with an experience I, I want it to be a christian experience i want them to know the lord afterwards just that they had a, a, a emotional but a positive emotional response you know i will settle for um because you know i just pray that you know everyone in that room every night you know um experiences something mm -hmm. so it definitely it definitely is so if that makes me a christian musician cool you can call it whatever um i'm just trying to respond obediently to to to, to god um and he knows me better than me um so i'm just trying to listen because honestly like you know as i get older like you know me music's good and obviously it's my foundation, which there's no one in my family that it really plays music. It's something that me and my brother just did as kids. And there's a long story with that. But any occupation, I currently can't see myself doing unless it wasn't something, you know, for the Lord, but involving others. And um, I truly believe I can't really describe it. But, you know, I think the spirit is alive uh, at, at our shows. And, and that, that's all I can say. And I just uh, respond the way that I do. And it looks the way that I do when I when I play. But it's all in peace, you know, in love and uh, for those in the room. And I, just, I believe in praying big. And that's what I do. I think it's important to I think with any of us that what we do to, to, to understand that. And if you find that, hold on to that. Um, I don't really enjoy music a whole lot or playing it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I'm only here because, you know, um, there's others involved and I care about them and people I play with and stuff, of course, you know, but that moment of when I'm playing, you know, and I'm chasing that, you know, every night. And then if I'm led out here to Albuquerque today and <clears throat> Seattle later or whatever it is, even back to Virginia, like I'm going to do it. Um, even if sometimes I'm like fighting it cause I really don't. You know, feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, I'll continue to have that attitude and keep doing it. So yeah. we'll see. So uh, I remember having a conversation with Chris Bernstorff, and then we made a video like with this foundational thought, essentially, uh, where he was saying that you know, like as an artist, reality is he's in front of people maybe eight hours a week. You know, so like leaving, right. leaving 160 hours where. <laughs> he is he is not the performer you know um but he was just sure. sharing that you know from the outside looking in a lot of people might see that as like oh you're doing great things you know with your life but he's like but that's just like such a small little sliver it's not like what it might appear to be um from the outside 
but also for himself personally, uh, just trying to keep in perspective that me, the poet, you know, like that is a cool opportunity, but there is all this other opportunity with all of the, the rest of the hours of the week to be present and to actually engage and, uh, you know, follow up with opportunity. So I guess I, that's kind of my question for you. Like, is there ever a temptation yeah. for you to uh, maybe prioritize the the show or like the performance to the point that you sometimes get distracted uh, from being Christian Holiday, the guy <laughs> who, uh, you know, like has opportunity to affect people? Yeah, I, I definitely think it can. Um, more importantly, just, you know, the service aspect. Um, and and I, it sounds kind of silly, but it is, you know, I focus too much at times because I neglect other things in life because I don't want to do anything else in life. And I know that's kind of like a vague, you know, statement or whatever, but it is very true. And I'm learning to to do that and allow God to do other things and not just be like, okay, this is my one thing, God, this, this is great. Um, I'm going to do that as if I'm in charge, you know, like, but I want to be, and that, and that is a struggle. Um, and like, that's very good. What both you and Chris were, were clarifying with, you know, the time of, 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 you know, eight hours, you know, of a week, so to speak or whatever, like, you know, it's, it is very true. And, um, I used to, you know, not to go down another you know, uh, rabbit trail, but I used to live in a van um, for two, two, two and a half years, and I technically don't really have a home. But so, I, uh, r- real quick, like that is something sure. that I did want to hop into. So, oh, that's sorry, sweet. Hey, we'll get to um, it early. It's cool. Yeah, but <laughs> it's uh, related. <laughs> yeah, uh, are you saying by choice you <laughs> lived in a van or circumstantially? Yes. Okay. Yeah, by choice. Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, that's just an example of what we're, what you're asking, you know, just uh, sometimes too much on that. And where it was, I was doing music and it was in 2014 when that started. Um, I watched a movie called Ragamuffin uh, to the point where I even have a tattoo on my hands because it's a reminder. Um, and learning about Rich Mullins and Brendan Manning and stuff that influenced me and, and projected me like, you know, to take a quote from Henry Rollins, you know, like, a bow and arrow just pulled back, just waiting. And then once I watched that movie, the arrow was let go and I just shot off. And where I was chasing what I experienced and God spoke to me through that um, movie, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, And I was like, I need to leave. And this is Northern Virginia speaking. And then just find a a band and, and get something different that I've ever done before going. And it was very vague and very risky. And like I met Chris Burnstorff be by being in, you know, Blackwater Hands up in Northern Virginia and stuff. And that was great, but this was something more. And I didn't think there could be. So I just left a job. I used to be in the military. I did contract security, all that kind of stuff. And was, you know, had a house that I ended up having to sell. And a lot of things, you know, were crumbling from that life. So that wasn't all and one evening I made that decision or anything. Uh, I was actually almost a four year process, um, uh, you know, prior to just even get to that 2014 moment. But, uh, you know, I was like, this is, this is real. Um, and what I experienced prior in life back to when I, you know, you know, gave my life to Jesus, you know, was just like a, a, a building prelude, you know, like this was the new, you know, moment where I actually felt alive again <clears throat> from my, you know, life prior that, you know, shouldn't have been living. And I chased that. And I think I still am. Um, <clears throat> eventually it involved where I bought a van for that band at the time. And then I wanted to live in it and, uh, be as close to those I was serving lifestyle wise, where looking the part, breathing the part, eating, sleeping, you know, uncomfortably, the things that like I, the people I was talking to on the streets and meeting the homeless specifically. Did it partially come from like an area of wanting to identify with like people in, I guess what, what society would call like, you know, like low social standing. Um, Absolutely. I I say that in air quotes because I don't believe they are in low social standing. But But, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, absolutely did. And they, the reason why at that moment, the homeless, you know, specifically um, spoke to me was the fact that like, you know, again, air quotes, they are forgotten and they're, you know, not, acknowledge at times or cared for and regardless of what their story is you know 
and it doesn't matter like they're they're in need and it, it is challenging and i'm not holding anyone accountable by any sense it's just i in that that time frame that season that's who i wanted to be with and i wanted to be them so much to the extreme that like i was living in a van you know with very very minimal provisions as much as i could spending any time outside of you know i was still working a job so i could afford gas and you know i had a band at the time that i was trying to you know get off the ground so or help with we're all doing it together but um and then to the point where like i wanted the band i was in time to do what i was doing and so much to the extreme that they were like uh, i don't know man i'm like come on you know they wanted to help and serve too but they weren't willing to start living in a van or something and which is fair yeah <laughs> which is fair but I was so like militant and, 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 and very excited that like I, I think I had some resentment that I learned later that I shouldn't have had towards them or just people in general that aren't doing that. And then I eventually left that job to um, you know continue more into what I was you know experiencing in the van where I was just going to travel until I couldn't. But during that time is you know me and Jordan have been friends from playing music together and in separate groups obviously and then in the van when we're driving to a show together he asked me and then I was like well I guess this will be the next thing I do you know but I wanted that moment to never end um, that I was having you know the cold nights in the van or in the rain with you know this guy named Gary and Roanoke that I spent time with or you know, Leroy and, and Richmond who gave me a crucifix necklace that I still have, you know, three years ago. And, um, people like that, that those conversations were, were very real and, you know, the Lord always came up and it was by them. They brought up Jesus, not me. And I thought that was very, I've been reflecting on that lately and I thought that was very unique or a guy named Charlie that I sat with for two hours on Christmas Eve when I was traveling to go back up North to visit family at a gas station in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, who talked biblical stories and told me his favorite ones, and we talked about it. Um, and because I was so, I guess, in that, you know, uh, nomadic, you know, vagabond, homeless kind of state, that someone actually came up and tried to give us both change, you know, and I was like, well, I'm not really, you know, homeless, you know, get the Charlie here. And he argued that I should have it. And the guy just confusingly sat on the sidewalk and walked away. <laughs> uh, so I eventually gave it to, to Charlie. I'm like, no. And then, uh, so it was, it was, it was, it was a good moment. So, but those experiences, um, yeah, I could focus too much on. And then it, what we we're kind of, I guess saying earlier, I think was like, I ignore and, and think, well, if I'm not doing that, you know, God's not alive and I'm not doing anything. There's no other opportunities or moments in the rest of, of my time, 24 hours in a day or whatever. And um, that's not true. So I think that's like trying to control. And maybe it's just I'm so just in love with the fact that like God loves me to quote, you know, Brendan Manning, you know, uh, as I am, not as I should be. Um, you know, I don't want to lose that feeling, you know, um, but I also want other people to have that feeling and not have it go away either for them. The show now is the new van experience, you know, it, that's <laughs> replaced uh, what I was getting you know, involved with with the van, at least at the moment. I still miss it. And I think it's OK, you know, um, to miss that. And maybe one day I will be doing that. But, you know, I, I have to respond to what's present day and what the future might be taking me. And uh, I hope I respond, you know, responsibly and uh, obediently. But, yeah, I mean, I think I can get too invested into I wouldn't say like maybe the all the professional or logistics with the show, but just, you know, trying to create, which isn't my own, uh, that moment when I play um, to the point where maybe. Um, I don't ever want to stop, which means I'll keep coming out here, you know? Um, and you know, that, that will have its time where I need to, uh, address that. I think maybe, I think it can be, I think everybody that's in, in ministry or just as a believer in general or whatever you want to call it, you know, can do that. Maybe it's the other side of the spectrum where they're not <clears throat> where they go off on that and they're focusing on just, you know, letting things go the way they go or, you know, um, don't. Um, get their hands dirty or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to say, like, I know what's best, but it's just, I think, you know, we need to try some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> take, or take some risks um, with, you know, God as the focus that, that, you know, that you're of why, you know, and mm. hopefully your own 
uh, emotions and opinions don't get in the way. I guess I was curious, just kind of backtracking. Um, sure. So, like, a ragamuffin, it was, um, uh, like, biopic about Rich Mullins, who um, I don't know a ton about. I mean, he was a musician who really, from my perception, focused a lot on grasping God's love for him and, you know, despite his own failures, you know, recognizing that God is a God of the outcast and, like, you know, doesn't have to look certain certain way, but, you know, he just... He accepts anyone who will actually receive his his love and forgiveness. So, like, I don't know. I remember seeing that movie and it really, like, having an effect as far as this guy looked at things a lot differently and it's, like, really encouraging. Sure. I don't know. It, it probably had some effect, effect on how I related with people and just being present, but but I didn't up Good. and uh, sell my house and buy a van. Uh, so, <laughs> I, so I guess I'm just kind of curious from a personal point for yourself, like, what it was about that and uh, just about like the message of Jesus that really set in for you and you on that trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, Rich Mullins didn't, you know, sell his house and live in a van. Um, so, and, but you know, what he did do was uh, get involved with music, which he didn't want to do. Um, and that was very clear in his story and his testimony it was like, you know, he grew up on a farm and you know was raised that's what he was going to do and then he was horrible at it and his father every day let him know it um and so he eventually wanted to run away and as coming a you know young adult teenager or whatever like as we all are going with with that in general just being a teenager in life and and hormones and everything else wacky that's happening is tough but when you have a family situation that's very similar to me so I think I was personally identifying, like I was watching myself in that movie because I went through a lot of the same, not, I didn't grow up on a farm, but you know, the same principles that were negatively happening in life. And, um, he, one of his siblings, you know, was, uh, good at piano and, but, uh, he helped her get better and, um, his mother supported him and understood that where his father refused it. And his mother encouraged him to, to, to go, to leave. And it was in that moment of that movie, I felt like God was telling me to leave um, and to to just trust in him and, and follow him. But for me, it had it, for me, it needed to be physically, you know, as if, you know, uh, fishermen putting on their nets and leaving that I needed to do that. And so for me, that was like my current life, which, you know, can go on and on about. But it was bad, you know, um, unhealthy. Uh, relationships, um, you know, uh, uh, potential marriage uh, that was, you know, very un- would have been unhealthy and uh, battling with addictions and um, from from pornography to to alcohol to drugs, everything I was involved with and transitioning out of the military. I deployed to Iraq in 2007. So there's moments in my life that I didn't, you know, have big, I guess, what I would consider traumatic events, but things that, you know, i not until now realize, hey, I did do something. I was there. I did do this, or I did experience this, and you know that's not good, and it's okay. And instead of putting up a wall, um, you know, thinking well, that's not you know serious enough for me to actually break down from or something, which you know is is not good. So uh, all of that is was my baggage, you know. And so watching you know Rich deal with his baggage, uh, pursuing seminary, thinking, well, I'm a Christian. That's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I, I've been at that moment where I'm like, well, I'm a Christian, so how, what do I do? Like, how do I serve? Like, I'm supposed to be this new person and not doing my old stuff. So and I thought, okay, well, if I played music prior to be, you know, really, I guess, devoting my life, then I must give that up or something. You know, like a lot of those struggles. And so he had talent into music uh, naturally, and his friends is what pushed him to eventually be exposed and uh, be, be recognized or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, he wrote music for Amy Grant and, you know, but wasn't satisfied because you know he, he was paying the bills and living nice in Nashville and stuff. But you know the all that experience in various other places. But like he wanted, he had something to say. He had a story. He had music and his struggles and sin and feeling broken. He you know was like, there's these other people in church that are having this facade that like we're supposed to be perfect because we're Christians. And a lot of the pastors at the churches he performed were actually preaching that. And then putting it on him to say that, and he refused. And so that, you know, he was a very alone uh, with feeling like 
you know, I'm just this unique case of a very like broken individual, you know, at least that's what I got from him. You know, and of course, you know, he is, he has passed unfortunately and I never you know, met him for, you know, my time usually, but like, it's that story that like, I feel that at times, you know, cause not everyone really sees and agrees, even people close to my life with what I'm doing right now. Um, and, and it's hard because I want them to see, well, you know, I believe Jesus is involved in this side. Like, how could it be wrong? You know, and, um, and it's tough because I, I know I'm not going to respond perfectly, you know, but I want to. And that's what Rich was struggling with. And a very pivotal point was he met Brennan Manning, who was a vagabond preacher, much older, um, who has passed as well. But he has a similar story from abusive home to military to Franciscan priesthood to leaving that and getting married and then just traveling and speaking and then writing great books. Um, and you know, so, and he struggled, I think with what we're saying to back up again about, um, focusing too much, like you're saying, like, like just on that moment or the show or whatever, and not in, you know, anything else sometimes giving too much to that. Bernie man definitely did that. He was a struggling alcoholic and he would leave home and just go when someone asked him to come, even though at times he would fight it, but eventually he would go and he would spend various times all over the country, uh, with people in churches or just at people's homes that are in need, uh, to be there for them and to pray with them. And then disregarded his personal life, disregarded his, his marriage and stuff. And that struggled, which eventually led to divorce. And, you know, I'm no expert on the man and I've only read a few books and I watched his sermons, but you know, I'm being brief with it. But so those two people, um, you know, like you're saying, lean more on Rich Mullins, you know, is, yeah, he wrote music where, you know, you know, that, you know, that was telling his story, but he, you know, felt and realized by the reason why Bernie Manning was very important is because they met and they became friends and, uh, Brennan helped him with a lot of stuff as far as identifying what he was like, I guess, writing about. Um, and it was other people that were in his shoes, you know, and people still today. So I think, you know, to me, I just, something happened and I wanted to respond. And it just like I did when I was 12, I just dove into that kind of music and was, you know, wearing leather pants and trying to look black metal in school. And I was like, you know, it's seventh grade or whatever, sixth grade. So like, that's not, you know, typical. So like, I just, I guess, respond very, you know, aggressively. And that's, again, I was responding, you know, aggressively again, um, in 2014, seeing that movie. And to me, I just, it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't all immediate. It was a transition. Um, and I just kept doing these, these, these convictions, these emotions. I was following my heart and I was, you know, everyone around me was like, well, that's not too surprising with him, but it, it is weird, you know? And I just had to trust, you know, in faith that like, well, if I fail, at least I'm failing me in my life, not anyone else. And that's not always good, but that's kind of what I lived on was like, well, you know, God, you know, I'll have to face God and deal with him. I don't have to bring anyone else along with me. So I guess it's not so bad. And that's, you know, I don't know, probably not right. But either way, like that's what occurred. And the homeless, the van came later after I first responded and moved. And why I moved was there was a, a out of that moment, I found a Craigslist band. And, and that's what brought me to Lynchburg, Virginia which I didn't even know where that was. I had to Google it and I was like, Oh, four hours. Eh, all right. And I, for several months, every weekend drove down, uh, to practice with that group and we we're all strangers. And it, we just, you know, not to get into that, but like they were believers as well. So like that's what, and then eventually met everyone that I can honestly say I know today. Um, that's how I met Jordan and, and Gaffer project and et cetera. Um, so it's, I'm still on that moment from watching that movie, you know, like I haven't gone back, I don't think. And several times driving and stopping, you know, at various locations and taking in nature or, uh, a filthy gas station bathroom, you know, I just feel like there's, those are two things that really represent life, just those, those, those moments and just seeing, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and being like, what am I doing? You know, as I like, maybe after a show where I'm like very, very gross and, 
you know, and soaking wet or something. And it's like, you know, very grimy floor barefoot. I'm standing there and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, but that moment I just experienced like is so strong that all this other stuff doesn't matter. And so I feel, you know, especially like, you know, I feel that when I speak to, to someone, you know, in need or just talk about the Lord with somebody and we all respond differently. Um, and I think we need to be honest and, you know, tell God about that. Like I, I'm, I'm afraid or I, I want to respond like, you know, what do I, what do I do? You know, and I'm still praying every day, God, what do I do? You know, I'm waiting for orders, you know, and that's this kind of what I'm maybe aggressively responding to and um it could be messy but i don't think it's gone too terrible so we'll see a lot of the time the the approach that we take is you know just like recognizing each of our stories as like allowing like our old perception of who god was to us uh die off so we can see him in a new light so if you were to put that in the context of your own life what would you say is kind of like the the biggest previous perception of God or or maybe even current perception of God that you see around you that you realize for yourself you're just like man like like I miss the reality of God in this way or I miss or like people in general miss the reality of God in this way well same earlier in childhood growing up and stuff just this this like authoritative you know not so loving uh, connection which is like there's this God and I better not do wrong um, almost what I call the Santa Claus aspect, like, you know, Santa could bring you good stuff or bad stuff. And, you know, you got to believe in him, but he's not really there, you know, and you better be good. And that's what I call my little, uh, uh, little theory there. Like that's kind of, um, what I grew up thinking of God and then and missing his, his love. But, you know, a healthy fear is good. And, you know, there's other biblical things out of that, but it's just, allowing with it. I mean, it's preached at all the time in sermons and it's in, you know, um, worship music and stuff, but like really, you know, the surrender, the get, you know, the, you know, letting your heart uh, go. And it's you know easier said, it's almost cliche. And I don't want to say that because it is very, very good. And I'm glad people are preaching about these things and, and passing that on. But it's just, it, I don't think it's going to happen when you, when you really think it will. Cause I thought I already did that. You know, when I joined the military at 19, um, I was responding to what I thought I was supposed to do. You know, I just had this conviction that, you know, I don't know why, but God wants me to do this. And, you know, I still to this day wonder if that was even like accurate, but I did it. I did it for eight years. And like, so then I came out of that and got back into music and the rest is history. But, you know, just, you know, I think understanding that, you know, uh, you know, you know, God, God's love, you know, which is kind of silly to admit but I'm being honest it is something that gets missed um or you know thinking that we have to be in control all the time um and that you know when change happens it must be like something like you did wrong or something you know and missing the the growth missing the the, the surrender I guess or you know really um allowing you know God to work in your life which is going to happen and there's times that that's happened and this this is that's very good you bring that up like when i was still in the military and stuff and i owned a house and i was you know soon to be married and um living far far away from god with my decisions and everything that went in unhealthily uh in that relationship in that time or just my life um what i was involved with who my friends were you know stuff like that um was you know my brother drove and picked me up one night and took me to washington dc to see uh, tim keller speak and i'm like why who's this guy you know but underneath it felt right and i so i listened and i went and i don't think i understood a word tim keller said that night you know i was just in my own cloud of fog of i knew i was living wrong but i was just so in bed with it that like it was just easy to stay there and my brother drove me back and, you know, right in front of my house and he looked at me and it was, I remember sitting in the car and, you know, what it smelled like, what I was wearing and like that night was important and it was, it was dark and he was just like, you know, telling me that I need to, to come home and I need to, to, to leave what I'm doing and I, I need to become a Christian again, essentially, you know, it's kind of the way he even boldly put it and I knew he was right. 
Um, and I said, I know. Um, I said, but I have to do it my way. And then, which I, I didn't do anything. I just yeah. left, got in the house and just continued what I was doing. And I, that got ripped apart from me, uh, very bad. And it, you know, my heart was broken. Um, but I was breaking hearts, you know, with relationships my whole life at that point. Um, but you know, just giving me excuses as to why, you know, and so that's what I did. I was living, I was having excuses and not, I was missing, I was missing everything that was, was right there. And I had to control my situation. I had to control that, uh, failing, uh, potential marriage or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and cancel that wedding and all that kind of stuff. Because like, I, I mean, getting out of the military because, that was the hardest part because I felt like I need to get away from all this and then nothing that that's bad or I'm not, you know, political or saying the military is bad. It's just my life at that point. I needed to get grounded again. I needed to get back into, you know, what, um, just to leave myself open and be like, okay, God, here I am, you know, and that moment took years of things I had to undo. Um, that really until about two years ago wasn't completely undone. Um, even the days of, of in the van and stuff, I still had obligations and debt and things like that I was dealing with that that previous relationship uh, accrued, you know, that, that caused. Um, and so, you know, the short sale of the house and all that kind of stuff that still affects me to this day, like, were things that, like, I had to accept. And accepting failure air quotes you know <laughs> like that this that was the, the the american dream that was the life i'm supposed to do and i fell into that and not saying that that lifestyle was bad i'm just saying for me i was doing it for the wrong reasons and it, it showed clearly and i was missing it and 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 you know i think there's several moments where you know god was ringing that bell like hey you know remember me and um i was upset because i knew what i'd done i knew i was running away and it's just that snowball. So I had to get to the end of the mountain in that snowball and then crawl out of the snowball, you know, but I was able to, but like, it wasn't like all of a sudden the snow's melted and you're gone. Like that didn't happen. I picked up so much like trees and other people in the debris <laughs> yeah. snowball. Like it was, it was bad and it was my fault. And so, um, I think, you know, uh, it's important to understand that, you know, you're in that snowball and a lot of us don't want to admit it and um that you know but but god's that's god's snow he made that snow and i think that's an important thing to, to think about um and he made you um and so it's like well you know he is the creator <laughs> i'm just a, a creature you know uh, uh so it's just it's uh, you know i think we can go further in life still still missing it and i think if i just you know i mean i don't re regret like you know humanly i regret all of that stuff spiritually i don't you know um because i know it's you know i've been forgiven and i know um you know that past us you know isn't isn't relevant but it's just i think we still remember it as humans because we can learn from that and so i just think uh, going forward, just being aware of that and being aware of our snowballs. Now, <laughs> that sounds silly, but yeah, that's a very relevant thing. Like, I think that's true, and I think you know, missing future uh, or, or falling back into that, starting to miss it again. And I just, you know, I think the unconditional love um, is very important. And lately, I've been actually, and it sounds silly, but I'm just being honest. Lately, I'm actually identifying what the crucifixion actually is and resembles beyond just the words that are spoken to the, the this the facts like yes okay that happened yes this, this is why but to intimately emotionally be affected by that and understand what exactly happened um and everything bleeding up to that you know where sometimes i wish i was that thief on the cross next to jesus you know um and i get emotional sometimes wishing i was like alive back then and and then there to actually like physically see jesus you know um but you know i'm here now and that, that's fine i guess um <laughs> i'll settle for that but uh like it's just this those moments you know those those that just what was actually like spiritually supernaturally whatever you want to call it god happening is intimidating but i think that's a good thing and starting to really look at it that way um, it's something I missed a long time ago as well. 
Um, so I'm trying to not miss it anymore. Um, and just let that influence, you know, my thoughts, my actions, how I speak to people, um, what I, what I get upset about, what I get angry about, what I get, you know, frustrated with or whatever. I need to think about that hopefully, you know, um, and I hope all future decisions I have and I pray, um, that is based on that, that realization that what actually happened, <laughs> I keep saying that what actually happens because it's like, it's, it's such a impactful thing that I never appreciated. Right on, man. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I just think it's cool. Like, I mean, I, I see this with you and Jordan, you seem to be like present you know, like any time that I've talked with you guys, I always like being around people that are present because it's a reminder to me, just like the times that I'm not, you know, I don't know, so so many times. I know you, you brought up that you're ADD and stuff, um, yeah. but yeah, like when I've actually communicated with you, I've felt like, all right, this guy is like here in this conversation, you know? Um, awesome. And to, to me, that's really encouraging and just a reminder just to be like aware and just reminded of the importance of just being well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, it's good to know because um, sometimes I worry about that. So thanks. Right on. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that conversation with Christian Holiday. If you'd like to go back and listen to last week's episode, it was with Jordan Doyle, the other half of Gaffer Project. You can find their music on Bandcamp and Spotify, and if you want to go ahead and follow what they're up to on Facebook, that would be a good way to keep in touch and see where they're performing. A congrats to Kelly and Liz from New Jersey, who are the winners of our book giveaway. They'll each get a copy of Anthony DeMello's The Way to Love. If you'd like to listen to prior episodes, you can hop on over to LetGodDie.com. We have a few short films, some study resources and a support tab if you'd like to support what we're up to. But more than anything, we really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for listening. And coming up next week, our conversation is with Eric Stevenson from the band Pocket Vinyl. That's one that you're not going to want to miss. Calvin is back as co-host, and it was a really great talk. Thanks again for listening, and until then.